You're listening to Irish Radio Canada at home and abroad, and uh, a few weeks back, uh, the Irish Ambassador Jim Kelly had the opportunity to traverse the north of Canada, and uh, it's a fantastic opportunity for anybody who gets it, and in doing so, he met people along the way who, uh, some of Irish heritage and some Irish themselves, and when he got up to the Yukon, he bumped into Owen Sheridan. And Owen is an engineer, and he has a very interesting job. He's the Innovation Project Officer with Cold Climate Innovation. Owen, thanks a million for coming along and having a chat with us. No problem, Austin. So, you're from Sligo, um, and uh, you've ended up in the Yukon. Give us a little bit about your background, what you got, how you got into what you're in, where you studied in Ireland, and what brought you to Canada. Uh, well, well, way back in the day, I studied in uh, in IT Sligo. Um, did uh, did my degree in, in mechatronic engineering there. And um, uh, long story short, I moved to New Zealand a few years ago, back in 2012. Spent a few years there. Um, met a woman there, um, a Canadian woman, and we were we were living in New Zealand for for two and a half years. And she wanted to she wanted to come back to Canada, and I said, Hey, why not? So, so then we had to decide what part of Canada to go to. Um, she's from Ontario, um, but neither of us had any interest in, in going to Ontario and living there. So, so we we kind of did a bit of research on on the the places out there, and the two places that stood out to me were the Yukon or Newfoundland, and it kind of pretty much came down to a coin toss, and we ended up deciding on the Yukon, and uh, yeah, that's that's how we got here. So we flew over from. New Zealand, drove up from Vancouver, and uh, been in the Yukon since four years now. So when when you said that it was a toss up between Newfoundland and, and the Yukon, it's the opposite ends of the country nearly. But was it was uh, the from a career perspective was it equal opportunity? Um, I don't think so. I mean, knowing what I know now, definitely not. The Yukon there's a lot more um, opportunities um, for for a lot of careers in the Yukon. Um, probably not, probably not quite as much in Newfoundland. But at the time when we made the decision, um, we um, it wasn't wasn't really that much of a factor. Um, at the time, we were thinking of what would be the nicest place to live, and and yeah, the two of them were were kind of were kind of level from uh, from what we were looking for. You know, some place that's we didn't want to live in any any big city, so Toronto or Vancouver or any of that weren't uh, didn't even factor. So, yeah, some place with some nice wilderness and. Um, you know, small communities. So, so uh, that's that's why we made the decision. Now, Yukon, there's, it's got very very low unemployment rate, um, but a lot of people that come here um, end up in a similar situation to myself. So I came here um, with a background in, in mechatronic engineering, and and most of my career spent in manufacturing, uh, medical device manufacturing, and automated manufacturing, things like that. Um, there's absolutely none of that happening in the Yukon, um, but there's transferable skills, and there's because it's it's um, a kind of a booming place. And when I say booming, it's booming because it's because of federal government's investing in it. So there's no huge industry, but there's um, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of funding there to to build innovation and things like that. So so a lot of people come up here with. Uh, you know, a strong background in, in some field, but end up working in something that's very different. Um, and that's that's the position I'm in, and uh, and a lot of other people here too. So, cold climate innovation. 
Tell me a bit about that. Yes, so we're we're part of UConn College, which is in the process of uh, being changed to UConn University. But um, the purpose of my division is essentially to um, be the college's branch that supports innovation in industry in the UConn. And when we say industry, um, the innovators we're supporting can be uh, established companies with 20, 50 employees, or they could be someone who's tinkering in a shed somewhere with some some new invention that I think is going to change the world. Um, so we we uh, have access to, to territorial funding, and we 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 apply that to, to people's innovative projects as as they come in the door and connect them with uh, a network of uh, experts from through, uh, throughout Canada and through the National Research Council. Uh, we specialize in, well, we focus on three areas, uh, cold climate housing, food security, and alternative energy. Um, so most of our projects that we support are, are within that, but we also do, do work in anything that's innovative. If someone in the Yukon is, is trying to do something in a new and innovative way that we think could lead to economic development, then we'll do what we can to support them and connect them with people that can help Right. So it's not necessarily the uh, innovation relative to climate. It's more innovation that is going to be working and, and carried out in a cold climate environment. Yeah, yeah. I think originally when the group was set up, um, there was a focus on um, cold climate testing and things like that. But we've branched out since and We've kept the name because any innovation that happens in Yukon is happening in a cold climate, so we say, yep, yeah, that's okay. And then for somebody that is now looking at getting into any type of project, one of the challenges that you'd be familiar with in the Irish context and certainly must be reflected similarly in the likes of the Yukon is access to good communications, broad, broadband, etc., because that's a key factor when it comes to doing anything with innovation. Uh, how are things relative to that? The internet connection here does go down fairly regularly. At the moment, there's only one line out of uh, Whitehorse uh, going south. So, you know, two or three times a year, um, some construction project somewhere along that line will cut it and will be will be cut off for, for a period of time. Now, usually they have it sorted within a day, but uh, it can be worse than that. Um, the actual access to the internet is expensive for both individuals, but especially for for companies. And so that it, that is a bit of a challenge. Now things are getting better. Um, there is there is a new fiber line going to be installed. That's going to go. It's going to actually going to go up north to Inuvik and then back down through uh, Northwest Territories, and that'll give both us and NWT redundancy. So we won't have those issues if if one of the lines gets cut. Um, it's 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 definitely not an ideal situation, but I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's hugely holding back the territory. Um, if if our IT and technology sector starts to to really build a lot more momentum over the few years, which we hope it does, then it, it might become a bit of a bottleneck. But at the moment, it's it's more of a more of an annoyance for those companies than than something that's preventing them from operating. So. What would be the profile of the type of business or individual that you would see as ideal for that type of time? 
Um, well, the, the, I mean, for, for working with us here in CCI or, or the Yukon in general? That's going to the Yukon. That, you know, you, you identified in your own situation you didn't want to be in Toronto or Vancouver, so you had the desire to be away from the, the buzz of uh, cities. But, you know, from a, an innovative perspective and, and the establishment of, of business, um, certain businesses are certainly a lot more dependent on high population density than others, whereas some would work very comfortably in isolated areas. And I'll draw attention, when I was home recently, um, you may recall there was serious storms in Ireland uh, back in May. And I remember I was listening to RTE, and over the two days of the storms, Shopify um, managed to achieve 105% productivity, where (laughs) most of the other businesses were down, way down, and Shopify managed to achieve it because most, if not all, their workers in Ireland work from home. So, you know, when I say a profile, what, how do you define or how would you see that if you were to try to entice a business to, say, look at you as somewhere to cite themselves, what kind of business would you see as, as fitting the bill? Um, so, I mean, out of the businesses I deal with, there's there's um, probably slightly more than half of them are serving the Yukon market. But then there's a lot of businesses that that are based here, and they're, the nature of their business is their location um, in relation to their, their customers or, or their partners isn't all that important. And so companies in that position, um, obviously they're they're going to want to have a desire to be in the Yukon, and and that's probably a, a big part of why any individuals or or companies come here is is the lifestyle. Um, you know, we've got in an area the size of I think it's just slightly smaller than France, and you've got 32,000 people, so there's a tremendous amount of wilderness, lakes, rivers, mountains. Um, for people to explore in the summer, and then skiing, cross-country skiing, hunting in the winter. So that's that's I think uh, the big draw for most people. Um, I don't think there's uh, any huge reason why a, a company would want to to be in the Yukon and serve the rest of the world, um, other than that's where they want to be um, personally. And now there is. There, there is some benefits, though. I mean, the Yukon is um, our the biggest sector of our, our economy at the moment is government. Um, so there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of well-paid employees here that that make up a, a good market for for a lot of different products and services. Um, and along with that, there's there's a lot of support and funding available for people that that are creating businesses. It's probably um, as far as I can see, it's probably one of the best places in the world to to be starting something original um, if if you can factor out the, the remoteness but in terms of the supports that are available Right, so Owen then given how far north you are on the longest day of the year were you in 24 hours of daylight or close to it? Um, pretty close to it yeah I mean the sun does go down but it doesn't get dark um, but I mean the I, I took a look at the map a while ago, and we're at here in Whitehorse. We're at 60.7 degrees north, I think. Um, whereas uh, Sligo is 54, so there's not there isn't a huge difference. Um, uh, 
but the big difference comes because we're it's a continental climate. So in summer the skies are generally clear. It's just the same in winter. So you notice that daylight and that darkness a lot more. So in in summer it's it's very bright because there's there's very few clouds there. I mean, but it's probably not all that brighter than it would be on on clear nights in in Sligo in the in the middle of summer. You know, probably got an hour difference in terms of of when the sun goes down. Um, and then in winter we're you know, we're dropping down to minus 40, minus 50 degrees Celsius, and the sun pops up over the horizon for a couple of hours, and then, then it's gone again. So the winters must be uh, certainly more of a challenge, and how have you found that? Uh, I actually like the winter. Um, I like the winter in the summer. The I don't like fall here because it's kind of like summer's over, and you're you're waiting around for the snow to come, and it's it's cold, but there's no snow, so there's there's not much you can do. But uh, the winter itself, um, I, I enjoy it. You can, um, I've got a couple of dogs here. I take them out with my skis. They tow me along the trails. And there's a there's a ski hill. There's there's a lot of things you can go doing. Ice fishing is a, is another good one. So it's um, and then of course the the auroras. Um, it's usually clear skies most of the winter and most evenings. If you go out and look up, you're probably going to see some some pretty spectacular aurora borealis. So it's, yeah, the, the the winters the winters good fun. Um, the cold, I think. Um, I think from what I've seen, I think the the cold isn't as bad as you would think by looking at the numbers because the um, it's generally not that windy in comparison to Ireland, of course. And I mean, if if it's minus thirty and there's no wind, then it's not so bad. Um, I did the. Uh, I did a, a marathon in in February there, and it was I think it was minus thirty five. Um, I didn't feel cold at all. You know, there was there was no wind, so you just you don't feel cold that that much. Now, if the wind picks up at all, then you know it'll freeze your nose off. But as long as there's no wind, it's it's uh, and you keep moving, it's pretty much okay. So, Owen, Owen, can you see yourself spending your life there? Um. Well. Well, we plan on going back to Ireland sometime. Myself, uh, the wife, and and my daughter Bridget, who's who's two and a half now, and I've another one on the way in in December. Um, so, I the question is when. Um, and yeah, we haven't really a hundred percent decided on that. You know, maybe in maybe in a few years' time we'll we'll go back to Ireland. I mean, there's there's a lot of. Uh, there's a lot of economic opportunity here at the moment, and I don't know if that if it will be the same in Ireland in a few years. I know it's it's probably a lot better than now there now than it was uh, seven years ago when I left. But um, yeah, that's that's kind of that's kind of the question there. I, if I had to take a guess, I'd say we'll probably go back there in you know somewhere in the region of five ten years or something. So, have any of your buddies come out to visit you out there? Um. The only people that have come over were um, some family came over a couple of years ago when I got married here, um, but it's it's a pretty long flight. Um, my mother, when she got here, she said, uh, or as she was leaving, she said, it's a, it's a beautiful place, it's a great place, but I'm not coming back. Flight's too long. So it's uh, by the time you fly from Dublin to London to Vancouver and then up to Whitehorse, it's you're talking 24 hours. So it's a, it's a bit of a trip. My brother, actually, though, he's living in Quebec at the moment. He moved out there um, about a year ago now. 
Well, Owen, it's been great chatting with you. It's been fascinating um, and interesting to, to hear the perspective of someone that is in a part of the country we normally don't get to talk to somebody in and to get your experiences. Um, as, and I want to thank you for taking the time. Um, and I'm sure the kids, when, when, as they grow up, uh, if, when you do go home, they'll, you'll be leaving them with memories that they'll wonder where, where did they get those from. Yes, yes, that's right, that's right, that's right. But uh, any of your listeners that are, um, you know, if you're in Canada for a few years, then I definitely recommend um, make a chance for yourself to pop up to the Yukon. It's a, it's a, it's a spectacular place. And come in the summer or come in the winter, it doesn't matter. It's uh, it'll be two very different experiences, but but it's great at both times of year. Yeah, I know. My I really enjoyed. I was in Cambridge Bay on one occasion. And it was close to the longest day of the year, and I just found the rugged beauty of the north was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, Owen Sheridan, thanks a million for taking the time. No problem, Austin. Thank you.